When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the homework edition of the Leaving Eden podcast. Um, my name is Gabrielle Hakoen, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. Hello, Sadie. Um, do you know what we're here to do today? Uh, we are here to talk about the album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yes, we are. Um, this is an excellent album. This is an album that I personally quite i'm quite fond of um it's it's really it's really one of the best hip-hop r&b neo-soul albums um of all time in my opinion and in the opinion of a lot of other people so how did you how did you encounter this album for the first time yeah so how did i encounter this album for the first time um i think i probably listened to it for the first time in college because um it was when my musical taste really started to develop and i started to listen to a bit more um classic r&b because I, I don't know, I didn't listen to a lot of classic R&B when I was in high school. And then I I, I, I guess calling this classic R&B, classic R&B is like Stevie Wonder. Because my dad and my family would always be listening to like Stevie Wonder and stuff like that when I was a kid. Um, and so that's sort of like classic R&B. But this is something that this is maybe this is from the 90s. So this was kind of in an era of music and genre of music that I didn't listen to a lot of when I was younger. But that I more recently have gotten into. But, you know, if you... Like I guess I, I I listened to it when I was old enough to really appreciate um, the the lyrical themes and the the, the vast uh, uh, palette of musical influences that are incorporated into this album. See, I heard um, one of the hidden tracks from the end of the album, which oh, yeah. is the, the cover of "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." Oh, really? Yes. I heard that years ago on like some bar jukebox. And it was like, I was, you know, would, so it would have been after I moved to Portland at some point. Oh, and like loved okay. it, but wasn't so like, I wasn't, it, and it must have been closer to four years ago when I first moved to Portland, uh, rather than closer to now. Uh, because, well, number one, because I haven't been in a bar in eight months because of coronavirus. Um 
but before that, because I, I don't think I was like technologically aware enough to find the entire album. I tried to find like, oh, what has Lauren Hill done recently and didn't really come up with a lot. And there isn't really much of, of anything. Right. There. So I kind of got frustrated. I was like, oh, well, she did this one great cover. And I guess that maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, and then didn't that think is about not it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. I didn't like consider that again for like, you know, the intervening years until this came up as, as something for the podcast. Yeah. So Lauren Hill, um, if you are not familiar, is a very talented R&B singer. She is from New Jersey. Uh, she really started out in her career when she was in the Fugees with uh, Wyclef Jean. Um, and they one of the songs that they did that was a big hit that I'm sure that a lot of people have definitely heard is the the very good version of Killing Me Softly that just... oh. Her voice on that is, it is something else. It is, it is really excellent. Um, and then she did the, like the band broke up because she and Wyclef were, I think, in uh, some sort of romantic relationship, and that dissolved. And then I think that led to the band dissolving. Um, and then she, this was her solo debut album that she was going to do, and. This album, I think, was recorded in Jamaica, and it was a lot of it was written and recorded when she was pregnant with her first child. So um, we have a lot to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's really a, if if you have if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to it, turn this off. Go on to whatever streaming you're you're streaming this on. If you're listening to it on Spotify, listen to the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It is it is oh god it is. It's a it's a really stunningly beautiful album. Oh God, it is it is. But before we level. get into talking about like the actual music, I did want to speak quickly about uh, feeling more creative during pregnancy. That because that is a topic that is definitely appropriate to talk about with you at the time in your right, life because that you I are am, in right now. Yeah, I am currently expecting my first child. Um, so that's neat, a neat connection to this album that I had from the very beginning. Yeah, I I do agree with the general concept of like feeling more creative during pregnancy. Um, like I've I've been writing the entire time that I've been expecting so so far. I've been writing for this podcast and just writing tons and tons of content. Yeah, and uh, I mean I've written more. I've probably written more in during this time than I have any other year in my entire life. Well, pregnancy is definitely a time of reflection, but it's also a time of preparation. And I think those two things together can uh, uh, lead themselves to can lend themselves to being quite conducive to uh, uh, creativity. Well, I've done that and I've done vocals on two of your songs and I've done That's vocals true. and I did vocals on a cover project. My husband uh, really enjoys making covers of songs that he enjoys as a way to like build his producer skills and build his musical skills. He did that Motorhead one that was really good. Yeah, he did a cover. Um, I I don't know if I'm supposed to say what song because he hasn't released it yet. He did a cover of a Gary Newman song. Fun. And I sang, um, I actually sang three part vocals on that one. Well, that's fun. Part. I sang sure a lot on that on that track. Um, yeah. but it's I feel like Lauren experienced this similarly to what I did because what I was expecting having never experienced this before was more of like a hippy dippy kind of spiritual mentally creative experience if that makes sense yeah and that's not that's not what i'm experiencing and that's not what i get off this album either no it's very much like a a, a let's get down to it let's like yeah it's a, it's a it's, sense it's of very being much energized. a doing album yeah. yeah so like the creative process is already started and i just need to jump on board and yes. I think when she references the pregnancy, like that's something that she kind of talks about is like, this isn't something that I started. This is something that has happened. And now I am going to get on board with this happening and I'm going to continue to happen it. Like, yeah, it's I, like, that's a beautiful it's a sense sentiment. of energy. Like I expected my head in the clouds and what I got was my feet on the ground. Well, and there I think, you go. And I think like either 
Lauren Hill just wrote this album so perfectly that she ex- that she like encapsulated everybody's individual experience. It's either that or she and I had a, a fairly similar experience. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a marvelous thing to just get right out of the bat on. And so while we're on the topic of pregnancy, you know, I was going to be like let's start at the top of the album and then like go all the way through, but I think that because you're on the topic of pregnancy, we should just talk we should you know, talk about the song to Zion because that's the song where she really specifically goes into detail about this. Um, and this and was I, my favorite track. It was, it's a beautiful track. Uh, Carlos Santana plays guitar on it. So um, I feel like Carlos Santana has a habit of showing up on songs that are truly great and, and transcendent. So, so, so let's start, I want to start with like going slightly off topic about this and then we can get more okay, into the meat fine. of the song. So it was interesting and I'm noticing, I feel like another thing is like recently in life, I noticed more coincidences, uh, which I think is fun because I value coincidence. Um, Well, if you're open-minded, then you notice things everywhere. Right. And it's not as a, you know, it's not as a, as a, a spiritual practice, but it is something that I, that I take notice of in myself. Uh, What the, I heard this album for the first time. Uh, around the same time, a a new statement came out from Stevie Nicks. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you? I don't know if you've heard about this, but she talked about uh, an abortion that she had when she was early in the process of making a Fleetwood Mac album. I haven't heard about okay, this. So she, this is quite interesting. So she just came out with this recently, and she talked. I think it was in the wake of the the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and talk about the Supreme Court and, and everything that's going on with that. Um, but Stevie Nicks came out and said, well, you know, when I was early, early in my career, I had this abortion. And if that had not happened, um, you know, if I hadn't had access to abortion, then I would have never been the singer that I became. And I thought it was really valuable because we get that story from Stevie Nicks and we and I and I heard the story from Lauren Hill for the first time. I heard both of the stories for the first time almost concurrently. Interesting. And I thought that was just great because that's you know when we talk about uh, abortion, women's health care, women's rights, um, a lot of people tend to make it very myopic, very you know, it's my way and this is the way I believe. And I thought it was really valuable to have these two different stories because Lauren, uh, people told her to go get an abortion to protect her career. And she knew in her heart that that was not the right thing for her. And she decided to have her kid because that was the right thing for her. Right. And that would have been the wrong thing for Stevie Nicks. And so people always think like, oh, the right to choose is the right to choose to have an abortion, but the right to choose is really the right to decide what is right for you. Right. It's it's to it's not about empowering women specifically to have abortions. It's about empowering women to make those decisions for themselves. Um, I think that's the best way to to put it. And when women are empowered, you know, powerful women like Lauren Hill choose to have their babies and are happy with that. And powerful women like Stevie Nicks choose a different path. Yeah, and they've both had uh, massively successful careers. Um, right. As a result, like, and you could even say that, um, you know, because of the decision that Lauren Hill made to have her child, she was inspired to make this music that that ended up being really positive for her career so you never know right. i mean I, I don't want to say you never know but like if if you know you want to go one way or the other and you decide the decision that you want to make that's going to be the right decision for you right so. the the message is that you know i think people people tend to think about this particular issue far too abstractly uh and far too well it's one or the other like it's one thing is right and the other thing is wrong yeah, and so I think the lyric the lyric that we're talking about here is um the line where she says, But everybody told me to be smart. Look at your career, they said. Lauren baby, use your head, but instead I chose to use my heart. So Yeah, and, yeah. and now the joy of my world is in Zion, and that's her son. Yeah. I just it's really thought, a beautiful it's a beautiful song. It really is. Uh I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it, but I thought it was really valuable. Um 
one, for her to be open with her story uh, and for Stevie Nicks to be open with her story. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a neat comparison to be able to look at. You know, this is about, you know, women making the choices that are right, that is right for them. And how can we it's not how can we force women to make the decisions that we think are right. It's how can we empower women to have a choice. Right. And that so. is that is a, a marvelous thing to say. Um, other than that about the song, do you have anything else that you want to say about that Oh, I that have so one? much about the song. Sorry. The <laughs> we could song, have done an yeah. entire episode on the song to Zion at this point. That's, um, it's a marvelous song, isn't it? It, it really it, is. Oh God, her voice on this is so... Oh God, it's so good. She has she is such a talented vocalist, isn't she? She is. Um, did you know that this song heavily is inspired by a common Christian hymn? I did not know that. Okay, so I think um, I think we're going to be able to put a little clip of it in this episode. And if we can't, we'll put the the we'll put it in the show notes. But the um, the the hook or like the the chorus of the hymn. Is we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. So the entire, the entire marching, marching, or beautiful Zion, like that's all taken directly from that hymn. Wow. Yeah, and it's um, I thought that was neat. Um, and that was something that you just uh, recognized from having heard the the hymn before. Yeah, I was like, oh, marching to Zion. Yeah, I know that. I think it's number four fifty eight in the blue hymnal. <laughs> So you like so this song maybe had a bit of familiarity to you. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, but unlike people that we talked about on Tuesday, uh, the melody was very original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, God. if you, if you haven't heard the last episode, go listen to that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, God. No, this this song overall Cats was the pirate is the exact opposite of Lauren Hill in every way. You know, that's not that's not wrong. <laughs> no but the um the, there were so many little lyrics in this that just stuck out to me um you know as i look forward to be like so this song would have been completed after the, her baby was born yeah uh, and recorded and, and i just as i look forward to getting there eventually <laughs> um no so many little little lyrics that stuck out to me were really sweet to me yeah, yeah, they, like the one, um, yeah, I've never been in love like this before. Yeah. And I know that that's, you know, that's a feeling that I'm going to get. That's something I'm going to get to experience. And, that's, and so listening to the song is, is exciting for you because you're like, oh, this is coming for me. This is going to be in my life. I'm going to get to experience this, this joy that this woman is singing about. Right. And I think, I, I just think that's, I think that's so neat. And I also, I identify, um, you know, with having a child at a weird time. You know, this is 2020. This is COVID times. <laughs> it is this is COVID times. This is all sorts of things going on. So I feel like this uh this was almost like an alternate version of my life. Like an alternate reality. Wow. Well, yeah. But no, that's... I love so Tizion was my favorite song on the entire record. It's really, and so I I assume that this is going to be a a, a song and a record that you revisit in the future yeah as soon as as soon as uh i would love to play it after i have my kid um probably won't for a little bit because i don't need to just cry it'll be too emotional (laughs) yeah but no you know this is the kind of thing like i could hear you know wanting to play for my kid one day and be like hey you heard you heard this you just don't remember it you heard this in the womb you had the headphones like on the the over your belly yeah, at this at this point I think I think I think it's supposed to have ears. Well, okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean it has ears. I just don't know if they're working yet. Yeah. Eh, uh, they'll work eventually. <laughs> yeah. If oh, they don't, but... I know sign language, it's fine. Yeah. Well, hey, you're prepared. Yeah. Okay, so um what is what song do you want to talk about next? Um Or do you have more to say about this one? I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I should say something about Lost Ones. I don't know about really what I want to say about it, except for the fact that it's been stuck in my head. Oh, it's a great song, isn't it? Yeah. It's, my, it's, just, it's yeah. just stuck real good. Yeah, I think that's a cool one to talk about because that's one of the ones that really has uh, the strong Caribbean feel to the to the hip hop, the, the sort of like a reggae feel. Because this song, this uh, album was recorded in Jamaica. 
Uh, something, some studio that Bob Marley originally owned. Or am yeah, I actually correlating that incorrectly? No, you're uh, you are not uh, miscorrelating that because uh, I also believe that the father of her child was uh, Bob Marley's son. Oh yeah, I think that might be right. Yeah, so that's that's that makes sense. Yeah. So there's very much like the reggae connection going on there, uh, the the high quality reggae connection going on there. Right. And that's that's always I think that's enjoyable. And it's another thing about this album that's neat is that we get different styles and we it's do. all it's all cohesive. It all sounds like it belongs on the same record. Right. So we, there's a lot of uh, reggae feel to it. There's a lot of like um there are songs that maybe have like a, a classic R&B, classic soul feel like you would hear in the 60s. Um, there are songs that have a, a hip hop feel to them. There are songs that have like a really contemporary, at least to the time, uh, like a late 90s R&B feel to them. Um, it's just a lot of stuff, but it really feels like it's all pulled together really, really, really strongly and really well. Right. And I, I appreciate a... A um, sorry, I forgot the word. Eclectic. No, uh, like an actor who can play a villain or a good guy. What is the word for that? Uh, versatility. Versatility. It's. I was gonna say it's not flexibility. <laughs> speaking of speaking of being pregnant, <laughs> did you know that you cannot remember any words? <laughs> Lauren Hill could remember many words when she made this album. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Lauren Hill is doing better than I am because I, I one thing that I have is I cannot remember. I cannot word. I cannot yeah. remember synonyms for things. Uh, one time I forgot the word orange. So that was fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I appreciate uh, the versatility, you know, in, in musical artists or in other types of pe- people who do other types of art. Um, yeah. That's one thing that I that I always really enjoy saying. It makes me value the work that I'm experiencing. Well, that's that's marvelous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, what song do you want to talk about next? Because um, we've got quite a few that we can go through. Uh, I have one statement about doo-wop. Yeah. What's what's that? Okay. So, doo-wop was one that it, it had like much more of a Motown vibe um, to it, but then there was also like the the verses were wrapped and she did a really good job with all of that all i wanted to say about that one is that song does exactly what it's supposed to do yeah yeah what that it's supposed to 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 be a doo-wop song that yeah it's it's feel good music and that's not to say that it's insubstantial uh but that the the primary purpose of it is like just like how good it sounds and how good it makes you feel and it does it just successfully that's all yeah, if you look at it lyrically, yeah, it's a it's a marvelous tune, isn't it? It really, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to pick one? Do I want to pick one? Yeah. So, um, because this is a religious podcast, um, we we talk about a lot of religious themes on this podcast, um, and we talked about a lot of uh, religious themes on to Zion, um, but there's a couple of songs on here where she very uh, uh strongly uses religious imagery and i'm talking about um final hour and forgive them father yeah and which one do you so, want to do first let's talk or about the... final let's talk about final hour because i thought that one was really that that one had a lot of religious imagery in it and that song was really strong to me like i i really I really liked listening to it. I thought that that was one that, you know, because in in terms of hip hop goes, Lauren Hill is very much in the conscious hip hop uh, 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 framework uh, of that sort of like subgenre. And so she uh, spoke on a lot of things that I was like, huh, that's really worth thinking about. That's really worth looking at. Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, Final Hour was, I don't know, not in my top couple on the album just because like there were other songs that stuck out to me a little bit more it's like okay so in final hour there's like there's all these bible references there are yeah but it's like 
and, and this I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all because I still liked it. Um, just that it was almost more, it was like surface level Bible references. Oh, so she's not as big a nerd as you are. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, it's just that um, I felt like Forgive Them Father was was more deep in like the references that it used so it appealed to me more because like you have to kind of be a little bit of a bible nerd to understand it right um well how okay so but like i felt like the because the idea of the song um of final hour was like you can um well the chorus was uh you can get the money you can get the power but keep your eyes on the final hour where she's basically saying like you can be, you can have money, you can have power, but you know, if your life is, if you're not living to, uh, uh, for God, or you're not living for a purpose greater than yourself, then like, what are you really doing? Oh, that's what you got out of that? Yeah. Oh, wow. See what I got out of that what was. What did you get out of it? What I got out of that was like the final hour is like when I get you back at the end. Oh, interesting. Like, like who's going to like, which one of us is going to win at the end? Well, I guess that could be kind of like a double entendre. I mean, it, it could because like what I was saying was not final hour as in like God's judgment or like the final, like the uh, apocalyptic sense, which is what you seem to be getting out of it. That surprises me that that's not what you got out of it because you were raised so heavily with that. Maybe I just ignore it <laughs> because I was raised with that and I don't You're really so care. Used to it. <laughs> right. Like it's just like a framework of my life. I'm like, okay, that again. Yeah. But no, like what I was saying was like, you know, you can get the money, you can get the power. I felt like she was talking to people who maybe exploited her and gained money and power through treating her less than well. Well, that's a theme that I think we cover in <laughs> Forgive Them Father as well. Right. And then when we're saying, you know, I thought final hour was more about like my time is coming and you can steal, you know, you can steal money, you can steal power, you can exploit people for money and power, but you can't affect who wins in the end as much as you think you can. I like that like, interpretation I felt like she as was well. That's a really smart interpretation. You know, maybe one's right, one's wrong. I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't that's think, what you got out of it. I don't think music needs to be right or wrong. I think like she references karma, not in this song, but in, in other songs on the album. Yeah. I think she was more talking about like, you can't influence karma or you can't influence God's judgment or whatever you want to call it that gets the people, it gets the bad people in the end. Right. That was well, more what that I That is saw. interesting. Yeah, because so so. Do you want to talk about uh, "Forgive Them, Father"? Now, then, what, so what did you have to say about that one? I felt like this one had a more, and maybe cohesive is the word I'm looking for, uh, a sense of biblical references, because they're all kind of together there in one section of the song. Yeah, like she talks about kind of things in general, and then she goes on to make her her biblical references and she also throws uh Julius Caesar Julius Caesar and Brutus together in with Jesus and Judas. Yeah. And that I was a that smart was... rhyme right there with, right. And, with and, Cain and, and like, Abel. And it's like kind of historically, yeah, like I thought that was super smart. I, I really loved that. But all of all of that, you know, wolves in sheep's coats and the the she she kind of was like Sorry, I'm I'm really having trouble on my vocabulary here. She has distilled kind of all of the biblical messaging of that song into one spot, which I rather I, than just kind of putting it everywhere, right? Which feels a little it feels a little more intentional. It appeals to me personally a little bit more. Okay, because the theme, the overarching theme of the song, is a biblical reference. Yeah. But other than other than the theme in general, there isn't a whole lot in the text of the actual lyrics except for in the one spot. Right. Well what what I think is interesting cuz what she's saying in this song is that she's saying okay, um men are you know, men are doing this and that and the other thing and like being soul-sucking to her and she's trying to live her life and racist people are being soul-sucking and 
to her while she's trying to live her life. Um, and she's kind of equating those things. Um, and that's sort of the same as the idea that you took from uh, a, a final hour where she's saying, or at least sort of your inter- interpretation was that she's saying, oh, well, um, you can try to be as in power and in control as you can and try to keep people down, but that's not going to like your efforts are going to be for nothing. See, I felt like fine. Like I, this, and this would totally just be my guess, but I almost feel like forgive them. Father was written before final hour. That would be interesting. If you ever and got they to were talk to flipped her, maybe then. on the record, because I feel like final hour is more resigned like forgive them forgive huh. them father she's kind of still fighting against these people who are taking advantage of her or just kind of sucking her energy and her emotional labor out of her like forgive them father she's still she's still mad about it she's still fighting about it and by final hour she's kind of resigned it's like okay you're going to do that okay guess there's nothing i can do to stop you guess we're just going to see how this turns out in the end because she's confident that uh, karma or God's judgment or whatever it is that she's depending on is going to carry her through. Right. Well, he- here's one of the things that I thought was interesting was that if if you look at the sequencing on the album, because I'm glad that you brought that up, is that Forgive Them Father comes right after the song Used to Love Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, the song. Um, so it goes Final Hour, then it goes When It Hurts So Bad, and then it goes Used to Love Him, and then it goes Forgive Them Father. And When It Hurts So Bad is a song where she's like saying that, okay, I have this relationship that's things are going wrong, but I'm not willing to give up on it yet. And then used to love him is one where she's saying, um, okay, well, this relationship is like broken down. And then it's forgive them father, where she's talking about men trying to suck my soul out. So maybe there's some sequencing going on there. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's, or maybe they're all mixed up out of timeline. Like out of yeah, sequence. They, they could have been, I don't know. It felt cohesive to me. Those songs are, are really good. I want to say that I loved Used to Love Him. That one probably has the best vocals on the album. Um, Just the, oh, her voice on that one. And it's also featuring Mary J. Blige on that song, who also has just an incredible voice. Just, oh, the incredible singer. See, I will, I will agree with you enough to say, like, that wasn't my favorite song on the album. But I cannot deny that it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the vocal, like, I think the vocal performances (laughs) on that one were really, were a highlight for me. And I did want to say, like, I Used to Love Him is another example of uh, somebody making, making a decision that is her own. You know, like, in Used to Love Him, she talks about this relationship, this, like, very, like, when it was going on, it was just so back and forth, just so, like, on again, off again. And I feel like she couldn't leave that relationship until she felt like it was her own decision. Huh, that's... That's something I didn't think of, but that's really smart. I've listened to this album probably hundreds of times and you're here, you've listened to it a couple of times and you're pulling things out of it that I wouldn't have gotten myself. I mean, yeah, there's just experiences that you haven't really had. That's true. No, totally no offense. Just like, (coughs) excuse me. And this is why we think that it's important to have different perspectives on whatever issue it is that we're that we're talking about. Okay, but she says on in used to love him. She says, uh, "I chose the road of passion and pain." Like that's so she's she's stating that this is something. Maybe it wasn't a good choice, but it was her choice to like allow herself to be beaten around by this relationship, like metaphorically. Yeah. Like, she could have chosen, like, a couple lines further down, um, thought what I wanted was something I needed when Mama said no, then I just should have heeded. So she recognizes that she should have just listened to the people in her life who told her this relationship isn't for you, this isn't good. Like, should have? Yes. But she needed to make her own choice. She needed to choose the wrong thing to give herself the power and the agency to choose the right thing 
Right. And, you know, I feel like that's an important uh, uh, idea to take for anybody listening to this because you have to empower yourself to make bad decisions because you won't know what the good decision is just by somebody telling you this is the decision that you should make. You need to make mistakes for yourself and then understand why things are wrong and then you'll... Right. And like, you know, there are some mistakes that hopefully you never make. True. You know, and as as we're talking about, you know, my, my future kid a lot on this episode, you know, there are some mistakes that I hope that they never make. And you're going to have to decide how protective you want to be. Right. Uh, how protective I want to be is 110% protective, but I know that I can't do that. <laughs> right. Um, kind of a fan of having the kid inside where I always know where they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing can happen to the kid that I don't know about. <laughs> I kind of like that concept right now because it's kind of stress-free in a way. <laughs> like, kid can't go wandering off anywhere right now. No. So that's kind of kind of a little bit cool for the moment i'm sure i'll get sick of it in a few more months but but no um you know that is something i'm gonna have to instill in my kid of like oh well you know people people make bad decisions and hopefully you never make certain bad decisions that are harder to come back from than others i think that that's something that we can all agree with but like everybody here but you're gonna make bad decisions your middle your middle school school photos are gonna look awful no matter what you do (laughs) like and if you're not then you're gonna end up being one of those people that like i don't want to know right (laughs) no like it's like it's like you know you're gonna wear stupid things at some point in high school i mean like we talked about okay i don't even know what episode it was but we talked about like how bad i wanted to be like an emo girl in high school and you weren't allowed to. Right. And like all I wanted to do was wear like checkered vans and like major eyeliner. <laughs> and like I didn't get to do that. And like if I had gotten to do that, I would be looking back on my middle school pictures going, oh, I look so dumb. But in reality, I was in the IFB in high school. So I was wearing IFB clothes in middle school. So I still look back on my middle school pictures and go, oh, my God, I look so dumb. <laughs> So it's kind of, what I'm saying is that like some things are just a lose-lose situation. And in this song, she's talking about like she had to make that bad decision to get herself the momentum to get out and make better decisions. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was like it wasn't my favorite song, like musically, but I did think it had a, a really deep meaning to it there. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of one of the things that I wanted to also talk about was that you notice with the, like if you listen to pop music on the radio today, um, or at least a lot of R&B music on the radio today, a lot of it, you know, sh- there is a lot of lyrics to these songs where she uses a lot of words in these songs to say like to she's very particular with the words that she uses um especially in like the songs that are like r&b like these are words that she's singing these aren't words that she's rapping um and i think that it's it's sort of one of the uh the qualities of this era of r&b music is that you would have um maybe a more wordy verse and because but because you were singing it so beautifully and so and 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 so expressively people were fine with you not getting straight to the point because they were enjoying the journey and that's sort of something that maybe i miss a little bit when i listen to to contemporary r&b music that's that's uh popular now right and that that's something that i i i i agree I think the 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 choosing words carefully or choosing lyrics carefully that's like that that is a real treat to people who are listening to the lyrics. And she has like the luxury of time to do that. Yeah. Like a lot of these songs they're 4, 5, 6 minutes long. Yeah. Um and another thing I wanted to say, I think I meant to say this the last time we did a full album um for homework and I didn't get it out yeah. of my mouth the way I wanted to. What I was trying to say about lyrics is uh, that I was raised in listening to music for only the lyrics and the music being very secondary. And I don't think I ever truly grew out of that. Like, I think it just like 
that changed too late for me. So lyrics are still the primary thing that I listen to in music. So if I'm recommending you um, music in the future, it's going to be something that the lyrics are like the forefront. Yeah, unless it's something like, um, like I do like craft work, which is very little lyrics. Uh, Like I love, love Grandmaster Flash, which is, I don't think has any lyrics or very few lyrics. Like there, there are DJ. Yeah. Like there are things that I have, unless there's a lyric in the sample or whatever, like there are things that I have learned to love that don't have lyrics, but it's always, it's always, it's almost easier for me to digest music that's lyric heavy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. That's a good thing for me to know in the future. So anyway, I was trying to explain that I think in the Lil Wayne episode, but I couldn't get it out my mouth, out of my mouth correctly. Yeah. Well, Lil Wayne's lyrics are are always something that you have to take a double take at. Um, This one, there's a ton of, there's a ton of, of meaning on the surface. And there's also like even more meaning when you dig a little bit deeper and look at what she's really saying and look at how it connects to other things. And I think that's one of the things that really speaks to me about this record is that she's able to suggest it themes and suggest themes like often enough. And she doesn't have to like hit it over the head and then you can make the connection yourself. And maybe it takes you one, two, three, four, five, a hundred times to really get it, but you do get it eventually. And then it's just like, Oh wow. And so that, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that makes it so you get more enjoyment out of it when you keep listening to it. Cause it's not all obvious and it's not all on the surface. And I think that's called mastery. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. is a master here. Yeah, and I and I loved I loved listening to this. It was it was really it was really nice. It was really something I could identify with. And uh the piano, the only other song I wanted to speak about specifically was the the last song, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yes. Just because of the piano runs in like the intro to that song. Oh, so that was something that you really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, that was that was just gorgeous. Um I love you know, living in a city apartment without, I don't have an acoustic piano. I don't even know anybody who has a decent acoustic piano. So I don't get to play like a grand piano very often. And I know to some people, some people enjoy playing electrics more. And I have an electric that I love and it's really nice, but I just, I miss playing specifically grand pianos that is just just the love of my life oh it's it's a marvelous feeling isn't it it really is and that's something that i don't get to experience very often um wait that's solidity to me it's it's feeling the vibrations come off the piano yeah um it's it's physically like, like physically experiencing the 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 vibrations that are making the music come out of the soundboard and so the piano on on Miseducation of Lauren Hill, that really did it for you. Yeah, and I can always kind of tell, like, in a really good recording, I can be like, oh, that piano's tuned to A444, or, you know, oh, well, that's, oh, a, yeah. oh, well, that's one of those, um, who is it that makes, is it, um, it's not Schimmel, it's that other brand that makes the piano with 99 keys instead of 88. Steinway? No, it's not. Well, I mean, Steinway might make one, but that's not the I one think that I. Steinway I've, probably makes one. It's not the one that I've played. The one that I've played is a different brand that starts with an S, but it's not Schimmel or Steinway. Anyway, speaking of piano, I do want to say one thing. You, yeah, do you remember the song "Everything Is Everything"? Yeah. That one, um, it was actually one of the singles off of this album. I think it, it charted pretty well. I don't know how it charted, uh, but uh, actually, uh, the piano player on this song fun fact it was the first time the first like commercial debut of john legend what yeah so if you go back now you're gonna want to listen to it again john legend i think he was probably just a teenager when uh when this was done um oh man it says he was he was uh 19 years old uh when this was recorded so uh this was recorded in i think 1998 so he is 41 right now. He was born. John um, Legend in is 41. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How? How old did you think he was? Like 32, like my husband's age. Well, he has ve- his skin looks very nice. He's a, he's a a, a, a well taken care of man. Listen, I, John Legend is gorgeous. He's, he he's is. a beautiful man. 
He always he looks like man. he's a little bit sleepy, but that's okay. No, I lo- I love John Legend. I like he yeah. is he's a personal favorite of mine. Great piano player, great singer. Um, and this was his the first song that he was on commercially was uh, oh, that's precious. Was everything and is everything. Yeah, that's so precious if you want and perfect, then I love it. And like, there's other like legends that were on this album too. I mean, like I said, Mary J. Blige was on it. Carlos Santana was on it. D'Angelo was on uh, one song. Do you know D'Angelo? No, I don't. Oh, he's a killer R&B singer. He had this album called Brown Sugar. Oh, okay, man. I've heard of that's, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a okay. killer album. I'd highly recommend you listen to that album too. Um, D'Angelo is is also one of my favorites. See, I'm I'm really sorry. I can't hear D'Angelo without thinking about D'Angelo Vickers. Isn't that the the character Will Fer- Will Ferrell's character from The Office? Oh, I don't know. I I I don't remember The Office well enough. I can't really enjoy that show anymore. It's just too cringe for me. See, I like it, but but I yeah. like I like familiar TV. Yeah. So the Shoot. last thing, don't at me. Fu- yeah, the final <laughs> thing that I wanted to say about this album, um, or that I wanted to talk about was, so um, at the end of all of these songs, the beginning and the end of all of these songs, uh, you would hear like these clips of like from like a schoolhouse where like there's a teacher asking the kids, "What do you think about love?" And it would be like boys and girls saying, um. Like talking about like, oh, you know, you, you love someone when like you see them and you they don't even have to just be the best looking, but you're just like, oh man, they stand out like that sort of thing. And they'd be talking about like, have you ever been in love like that? And it's like, you know, teenage kids is what it sounds like um, talking about that with a teacher. And that was really interesting. So how, how did you feel about that? So that's that was so sort of the thing that tied everything together. That so took me back to when I volunteered at a high school because I didn't, you know, I didn't go to high school like that. Like not like, no. not like it sounds like the, the the high school that they're portraying in this, in this like inner the little between songs, uh, that's not my experience at all. Yeah, I went. To, yeah, my school was totally different. But, I maybe had one teacher who would have done something like this. Um, well, I volunteered at a high school um, when I was a student at Hiles Anderson. Uh, I volunteered to tutor so we would go once a week and just tutor kids who were having trouble with anything in was particular it a christian high school or was it like no it was a- it was a, a public high school in the area oh okay so this would have been way different this is in the chicago area yeah uh which was a, a very interesting experience for me <laughs> because i was very shy and very quiet um, and I was in this high school where like, you know, you have to go through metal detectors to get in and also don't wear this color, that color or these two colors in combination to school because those are gang colors and you'll probably get beat up. Um, so but you're was, good in math. You're what? T- uh, tutoring kids in math. I was or, tutoring or math or... and English. Oh, OK. And what we, we worked with. And this is That's a nice of you. A rare example of, of First Baptist Church in Hiles Anderson doing something vaguely Christian. Um, we, we did free tutoring for kids who were in danger of falling behind a grade because they found oh. in yeah, they found in that school that once, once kids found, fell behind a, at least one full grade, their chances of ever graduating dropped by like 50%. <sighs> yeah. And so we were tutoring to help prevent kids from falling behind a full grade. Like to, to, we were like, we would go in and meet kids during their study halls throughout the day and tutor on whatever they needed help on. Uh, and then there was another group that, that went with us that tutored uh, teenagers in high school that were pregnant that would specifically just to help them get through school without being judgy. <laughs> so how was this? This uh, I mean, yeah, because not everybody has the the same resources and not everybody has the... You know, and no, and like this is a some school people that need was a little like, extra help, and that's fine, right? And this is a school that like wasn't funded as well as other schools, um, and a school that had a lot of turnover in teachers because oh, so there's not you don't get that like you know really taking the kid under your wing thing, right? Because the area that this school was in was perceived to be dangerous. Well, if it's Chicago area, like a lot of their, you know, a right. lot of areas in Chicago are pretty dangerous. You know, it's so, you know, and you go in and like, oh, the, you know, there was a shooting here, blah, 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 last week, or, you know, two people Oof. died in that bathroom last year or whatever. And, and it was like, 
it was it had kind of like the school had fallen prey to the cycle of like oh this is a dangerous place and these so the kids get treated like they're criminals of some kind and then the kids don't you know listen or learn because their teachers leave every three months and and their school isn't funded and their school building is falling apart and they're always afraid there's going to be a shooting that's just a recipe for disaster right there, isn't it? You're not going to get a good education there at all. Right. So what we would do is we would go and it was actually, it was really great. Um, one of the few things that, that that First Baptist Church or Hiles Anderson College ever did that was that was decent. Was so that kind of exposed you to a more... To like, a real high school? Like what, what the real yeah. world is like, yeah. Um, and that well, was like some version of the real world. That wasn't what my high school was like. I'll tell you that, even though I went to public school. No, but like I was I was really glad that I was there because I was actually able to help people and, and tutor English and like teach. I was teaching usually the eight parts of speech, basic, gra- basic sentence grammar. So you can write better for, you know, if you're trying to write a college entrance essay, here's how you do it. You know, bring me your bring me your assignments, your essays, or your college entrance essays, or whatever else you're writing, and let me edit it and show you how to edit. And then also, I taught uh, algebra, pre-algebra. Oh wow! But so this, you were really doing the you were really doing everything. Yeah, uh, that was something I just did uh, as a volunteer when I was at Hiles Anderson, and it was it was really uh, something that I'm incredibly proud of having so that's you know being rewarding. able to do. Oh yeah, but this the the way that. <laughs> the 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 chaos after the bell rings and yeah, and the yeah. hearing all the kids put the pencils down and that's not something i associate with my own high school but that's something i associate with, with volunteering at a high school and so that's something like maybe you didn't i, I don't want to say the because when you were in high school it was i'm sure it was very much like a sir ma'am uh a very formal kind of like treat your teachers a very specific way but in this high school that's portrayed on the album where they have the the um the clips from i guess the, or this fictional high school i guess that they're that they're in they're i don't want to say they're more disrespectful but they're more um familiar right it's like they're with, they're dealing with the cool teacher here yeah and like really that's, trying to talk with them like they're people like on a human level i mean and that's kind of like the position that i held when i when i volunteered at the high school because I was 18 and I had, you know, kids that I was working with that were 18 or 19. So, like, I didn't have the option to come in and be like, I'm an authority. I'm the teacher. You're going to listen to me. No. So you have to try to approach them because on like, their level. Yeah, because I was like, I was 18 and I looked probably 16. <laughs> so, uh, so not only was that an intensely character building experience for me, uh, because, you know, I sound like this and I looked about 16 so being able to like, and you were way stiffer than to oh, just yeah. to all of this stuff. So, but then you know the kids were like, there, there was there was no way that these that these people that I was tutoring were gonna treat me like a teacher, you know, in a formalized way. That's just completely un. That's not something you can expect from so kids in to, that situation. So you had to really go and try to and and is this? this I guess this isn't the sort of um, discussion that you would have been having with them. No, uh, was- but I had to figure out like this is the way that like like that more that more casual like chit chatty experience was what they were willing to give. So that was what I had to work with. And you really have to like and I mean it's kind of like, you know, in my experience, the best way to to for a lot of people to learn is to really for is to let them find things on their own really to to like have a conversation which maybe is gonna ask them the questions that they need to answer and then they'll draw their own conclusions from that and that's the way that a lot of people are going to learn and that's sort of the way that i think a lot of the kids are going to learn just from talking to, to each other about stuff right so anyway um i don't know if that answered your question or not but this didn't really call back to my high school experience in any way my oh, high school I don't was, think that it would. I went to a one-room schoolhouse. Like that's the the best way to conceptualize it is that it was halfway between homeschool and one one-room schoolhouse. Yeah. Um, so, so this didn't call back that at all, but it did. Like the sound of it, I was like transported back to the hallways of the school that I volunteered at, and that was a neat. It, it was a good memory because as 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 a much of a difficult learning experience as that was, I'm I'm proud that I did it, and I hope I helped some people. 
Well, that's nice to hear. I didn't know about that, but you know, you learn more about somebody every day. Yeah, that was that was a that was um, one of the other things that I'm actually proud of <laughs> that I got to do. Yeah, when I was good at for Hals- you. Hals- Anderson. Anyway, um, well, so, I have a final quote. If yeah, you're ready to some, wrap this up, yeah, uh, give me some final thoughts on this album. Some final uh, 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 impressions. So when I was reading about the making of this album, um, something that Lauren said about writing and producing her own album is really stuck out to me. Because she really did write and produce like the, the whole thing. Like, this is this is her creation. Uh, and what she said about that was, who can tell my story better than me? Yeah. Well. I just, I just I think that, that was... says everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. And that's kind of what we're doing here is that um, you've got your story that you're telling. Maybe I can help contextualize things from time to time, but really, we wouldn't have a show without you. Right. I thought that was really encouraging to read. It's like, okay, well, no, who can, who can tell my story better than me? And that's something that I need to remember when I... Uh, when I engage in Facebook groups or when I, I'm on Twitter and I see people who had a different experience than I did, um, I can feel insecure and question my own experience. But this was a good reminder that my story is unique and that I'm the most qualified person to tell it. I think that's an excellent sentiment to end this discussion on because I think that really speaks to the the meaning of this album and the meaning of this show that we're doing. And so I like this is I think been one of my favorite homework episodes ever. Oh fun. Just because I like I love this so much. I, I love this album so much. And I love that I, I love how much you loved this album and really the wonderfulness um the the depth of the conversation that we were able to have about this. Just because this I mean this this album is so iconic so iconic and for you know for good reason yeah so until next time uh you can catch us uh on every streaming service uh you can follow us on facebook instagram twitter uh join our patreon if you like this content uh the the patreon you can find it at patreon.com slash leaving eden podcast uh you can find us on facebook instagram uh, at leaving Eden podcast and on Twitter at leaving Eden pod. If you want to send us uh, an email, maybe suggest a homework episode for Sadie to do, or if it's something like you were raised IFB and there's something you think I should be exposed to, then write us an email about that. And that's uh, email is going to be leaving Eden pod at gmail.com. Uh, Sadie, if you want to plug your social media. Yep. You can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter music or on Twitter at hell. Yes, Sadie. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. And uh, I hope that we uh, have you tuning in next time. And uh, you guys have a nice day. Bye-bye. But old rolling river of time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.